This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Welcome to the Doc and Jock Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 61. Of course, we're going to have news and notes. We've got a uh, an update on when Kevin Owens may be returning, so we've got a date for you. Also, we're going to review Raw and SmackDown, and we've got to look over what happened at TLC. We've got our TLC recap coming up next. Doing the show with me, as always, he's the one. He's the only. I can't wait to hear what intro song he comes into today. He is the Doc. John Macaroon. What's up, cuz? I am in the top 1%. And that's what makes you just you and me. I'm in the top 1%. I love EC3. EC3's my man. I think this might be my new entrance theme. (laughs) I think I'm going to come into this for everything that I do. I am in the top 1% 1% of everything I do. I, this is the first time actually I've heard of it, but I, I put it in there for you because I heard the announcement. The shakeup happening. Uh, Vince McMahon showed his face on everything this week on Raw, on SmackDown, and they announced that there's going to be some call-ups, and I saw EC3 was going to be called up, and I'm like, oh, my boy Adam's going to be happy. And, and so you know who was as hard as EC3? As hard as EC3's body? That's right, I was. I love <laughs> EC3. He's 35 years old, so he's got to get with it. He's got to come in strong. EC3 is the man, dude. I hope they let him do what he was doing in Impact. Impact was great. I know he's doing some stuff in NXT, but I hope he gets a good, solid push. He physically, physically, he looks like he's one of the most dominating human beings on the planet. And his mic skills are incredible. So he he is the total package. He's got a decent move set in the ring. I just hope they give him the push that he needs. Now, I want to recap for you because I did watch start to finish, 7 p.m. to 11. You were right. It was a four-hour pay-per-view. Freaking bananas. It was long. The pay-per-view overall was entertaining. I thought that the top-end matches uh, delivered. I felt like there were a lot of good storyline angles. I felt like that the pay-per-view in and of itself played pretty well. There weren't too many stinkers, but some of the things that happened that I did not like, I definitely was upset about. But in the end, that's what WWE does is sometimes they do things that will elicit a reaction. And so... To start off, I thought that Buddy Murphy's match, uh, retaining his belt, was great over Cedric Alexander. Elias beat Lashley. Everybody thought that that was going to happen. R-Truth and Carmella beat Alicia Fox and Jinder. All that to start the pay-per-view was pretty much re- what I had thought was going to happen. That was your pre-show. Exactly. And then we get to the pay-per-view, and uh, Sheamus, uh, you know, the bar, they go out and they take on two other teams. And it was a decent match, and they end up retaining. And I felt like, you know what? This was exactly what needed to happen. The bar right now can uh, hold the tag team belts. You don't have to keep flip-flopping it a little bit between uh, the bar, the New Day, and the Usos. And so no problem there uh, up up until that front. And then we had questioned going into the pay-per-view what was going to happen with Braun Strowman. He shows up, but his arm obviously is in a sling. And he comes out with the microphone and tells the audience, look, you know what? I can have anybody I need to help me out. This is a uh, match where, you know what? 
I'm going to go out there and handle my business. There's going to be no disqualification. And so all the people that got screwed over by Baron Corbin come out and they take out their frustrations. The baby faces get over. And I thought that was cool. Yeah, it was it was cool to see because obviously Braun Strowman can't go. So not having any like there's no DQ in, in, a, in, a, in a TLC match. Right. So anybody and everybody can come out and do something. And that's what happened here. It, it seemed like it was the right move. And it played into the story as far as Raw goes the following night, which was good. And I was correct. Uh, I didn't exactly call that Natty was going to get a push, but I felt like they were going to play up the angle with, you know, having uh, Ruby Riot come out and disrespect her with having her dad on the table and things like that. But in a twist, Natty pulls out a table that has Ruby Riot on it. And it goes back and forth. It played. It was a good female women's match. And Natty gets the big win by powerbombing Ruby Riot through the table. And once that happened, I'm like, yes! I knew it. I knew what was going on. And I didn't think to myself, oh, Nettie's getting a push. I said, okay, good. The way in which I was thinking going into the pay-per-view has happened. And uh, I was thoroughly impressed. Nettie getting another push as deserved because she's she's up there. She's somebody that from time to time, you know what? She's a place setter. She's somebody that is a talented woman, and she's getting a push. Yeah, look, I thought Ruby Riot was going to win this. I felt like you could do more with Ruby Riot winning this. But this is going, again, this set up what – took place on on Monday night. So you can't be mad at it because it looks like there is an actual story here. They just weren't, weren't throwing matches together and throwing stuff at the wall. As long as there is a, a overarching story, we're building towards something, I'm okay with, with being wrong. And I'm okay with the superstar that I felt should have got over not getting over, as long as there's some direction here and it appears that we have some direction, and I'm cool with that. In an upset, Finn Balor hits the coup de grace, and he beat Drew McIntyre. And, of course, Dolph Ziggler got involved a little bit, and uh, Finn Balor took advantage. And I think what they're doing with Drew here is setting up uh, maybe a Royal Rumble match with Dolph Ziggler and, and potentially kicking him off as the next guy in 2019. I mean, the guy's got the look. He's got everything. And I think continuing feuds with Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler is okay, but I think he's ready for the next step, the upper echelon of feuds. I feel like he's ready to get elevated to that, yeah, into that that hierarchy where big time yeah, Braun Strowman, you're challenging for Brock Lesnar for a, a belt here, big matches. Do you think he continues to lose up until the Royal Rumble? He wins the Royal Rumble. Fifty fifty booking is what we'll see. Okay, you know, back and forth where he'll have opportunities to get wins versus Dolph and have losses and things like that. But I do think that he's on his way. When we say Doc and Jock Stockwatch, Drew McIntyre way up. And I think Finn Balor, too, starting to trend upward. It was down, but I think that he's starting to be recognized, okay, you know what, we've been underutilizing this guy, and we've done that long enough. Let's elevate him. And uh, having him featured in some segments and backstage stuff is really good. The more Finn Balor you, you showcase, you should be happy with the return that you get. Uh, Ray Mysterio surprised everybody and won the feud versus uh, Randy Orton. I thought that was a good surprise because most people would have thought, uh, you and I both did as well, that Randy Orton would have gone over on this match, but it was Ray. And uh, he used the chair. It was a cool setup, and I was kind of happy that they did that. I was like, oh, you know what? Give a little props to Ray Mysterio. It doesn't hurt Randy to lose and go over to Ray Mysterio. It, it was a good, good feud, good matchup. Yeah, I, I thought it was solid. Um, I think something that was really, really solid, and I think it's understated. The way Ronda Rousey looked against Nia Jax, I thought selling galore. I thought Ronda, look, Ronda has come a long way, and I don't think we give her enough credit because we usually make fun of of her faces that she makes. Uh, we talk about some of the action that she has in the ring. She has come a long way. She's very, very good at this whole pro wrestling thing. She's doing 
a very, very good job. She had a rocket strapped to her back. She's taking advantage of it. She tapped out Nia Jax with an arm bar. The arm bar sometimes looks a little sloppy, but overall, Ronda Rousey looks like she is the total package right now. Getting better match by match, and she's the draw and worthy of what the WWE has done. No doubt about it. What, what did you make of the AJ Styles-Daniel Bryan match? I thought this was a great match. It had the makings. the ending. Yes, and throughout the card, I was rating the matches. Some people agreed, some didn't. Others started giving their ratings too, so you can follow along during big matches at Detroit Podcast. We'll have fun conversations back and forth. It had the makings of everything that I wanted. It was a match that had wrestling. It had great storytelling. It had the heel, Daniel Bryan, doing heel things. And so I just caught myself going, man, this is what a great match looks like with a great heel and a great face. And they're going back and forth. They're telling great stories, great psychology, great execution of moves. And then they end the match, and it tanked the match. It fucking sucked. I, I, I didn't like, look, I understand those that came out and said when AJ Styles loses clean to Daniel Bryan, you got to protect AJ Styles. But you know what? You can have a match that finishes where, you know, a guy like AJ Styles is going to lose to Daniel Bryan. We all knew it. Not that way. Because actually this way of having him lose is actually worse because of the fact that, you know what? AJ Styles can get beat by a, a small package. It's like, dude, no, he was taking all these beatings, he was taking all these kicks, and he, you know, that back and forth small package roll up thing is quite stupid. And it should just be abolished in this new era, and it should be abolished as any finish. Whenever that comes across the sheet and you see that, you go, no, we're not doing that. Dude, just kick me in the face and I'll go down and that's it. Or do a splash or do what you got to do and do something and I'll lose. If, if AJ Styles is booked to lose, which we all thought, this was worse in terms of how he lost than if you just would have had him lose clean. Because we all knew it was coming. Just put on a great match, which they did. The ending killed it. It was fucking dumb. Let me ask you this. The the, the next match we had was the Dean Ambrose-Seth uh, Rollins match. This match seemed to struggle to get going, and it yeah. seemed to struggle to tell a story. The crowd you, got against it, too. Do you think that this match suffered, one, because of where it was placed on the card, Yes. And two, do you think it suffered because it did have to follow such a good match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan? See, it's a situation in which sometimes, you know, when two guys get into a ring and they start calling the match, sometimes the chemistry's off. It, yeah. it goes to show you how hard it is to put together a good match. And these guys have wrestled before. And I think sometimes when a match is hyped that a lot of people felt like it was on the level that it could steal the show like in AJ Styles. But at the same time, these guys have wrestled quite a bit before. And so I think this feud and the way it went down was sometimes we got to realize these guys go on house shows and they fight and they do these things so sometimes the freshness of a feud gets taken away in a match like this mm -hmm. you know what i mean because they just go into it and say okay what are the beats and they got to go to the ring and start calling the match yeah. where i think this kind of feud might have been beneficial had you just had them wrestle once in terms of this is going to be the culmination of their feud and we're not going to have them wrestle all weekend in house shows and, and do all this stuff. Just have them wrestle a match and have it you know, end in what happened. But I just think it, it struggled to get going. It just the chemistry was off. And it, it seemed like it was plotting. Yeah. It was yeah. a lot of rest holds. It was, yeah. It'd be a big move, and then it'd be like, okay, yeah. let's slow it down again. And like you said, sometimes following a match like that, you, you sometimes overthink things. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes you just got to let a match happen and not get into the thing like, oh, maybe we got to slow it down because the crowd was so hyped before. Now we got to kind of bring him down. And 
I just don't think it was a match that delivered. Failure. In, in this match, Ambrose hits a dirty deeds from RK, R, R, yeah, RKO country out of yeah. nowhere and uh, ends up pinning a, a stunned Seth Rollins. It was it was a bad match. Yeah, it wasn't match. very good. And bad we're we're going to discuss this in the news and notes because... Yep. Some people some that were things, watching were not happy. Yeah. Uh, in the match of the night, Ronda Woo! Rousey interferes. Starts at 10.30 and the match... You know, lived up to the hype. Yeah. Power bombs, moves off the rope, moves off the ladders. It was great. It never seemed rushed. It, it like, was an aggressive match that entertained because everybody got their shit in. Right. It was awesome. It was it was a big move, and then you had time to sell it. And nobody yes. was you, – you had three of the best women in this company going at it and doing their thing. They were allowed to do what they needed to do, and you had big spot after big spot. Mm-hmm. And I think – what you realize is that sometimes when WWE lets people do their thing, they can do it. Yes. And I just think that what we get mad at is we're not, we're not seeing the guys that we want to see highlighted, highlighted, like a Finn Balor. If you, if you shine the light on Finn Balor, you think he's going to drop the ball? No. No. Uh, so, you know, you shine the light on Asuka, shine the light on Charlotte and Becky Lynch. They had a great match. And, you know, sometimes the music that I pick might be foreshadowing you know, who might be getting a push. It might be just luck, you know. I played the music for Asuka. All of a sudden now, she's the new WWE Women's Champion on SmackDown, and she did a great job. And you also further storyline by having Ronda Rousey just show up to the ring, push over the ladder, and it just sets up for an amazing 2019. And I thought when you have a pay-per-view like this that ends that way, classic. Good stuff. Asuka deserved it, and it was good. Now, a a a negative is that I think you could have – kind of done the same thing by having Asuka get close to winning it, having her be the one up the top, but I think you could have kept the belt on Becky Lynch a little bit longer and also highlighted Asuka, but if you do it this way, you still can elevate some feuds and you can still get a lot of intrigue out of this. Well, I think what they're setting up for here is now you're going to have Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. You have these three women, and at this point they are iconic in this company, whether it be for Raw or whether it be for SmackDown. In the WWE, these are your three household you names You can now. buy that if you want to put them in a main event of maybe a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You can start to believe it. Are they there yet? No. Oh, I don't know about that. No, they're not bigger than AJ Styles. They're not bigger than Daniel Bryan. I think Becky Lynch is carrying all of this. Ronda Rousey is coming from an area where she, Close. she was, I don't she was think featured so. on SportsCenter. She was the, 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 the creme de la creme in MMA. I was like, and on top of that, Becky Lynch is, look, Becky Lynch just went on on a massive, a MMA show, yeah. Right, exactly. So I think at this point, I think they're there. Okay. You you don't think so, but I do. I believe they are there. Okay. Um, As we look at calling the card, you absolutely crushed it. You dominated. Yes, sir. You won nine to seven Calling nine of 12 matches correctly. Yes, sir. You only missed on three matches. That was the Becky Lynch match. That was the Drew McIntyre match. And that was the Randy Orton match. While I missed on uh, on the All Usos yep. and Ruby Riot to go along with those three yes. matches. So this was my worst showing to date in calling the card. You absolutely rocked it. You get a full point. You cut my lead to a half a point now. So I lead seven and a half to seven. So outstanding job by you. Now, I want to take the show in this direction, okay? Okay. I know we typically recap a lot of the fine points of Raw and things like that, and we'll get to some of the highlights of Raw. But in the end, the theme of the week in wrestling for both shows was this idea. It was announced that Vince McMahon was going to show up, Mm -hmm. that he wasn't happy. And people were like, wow, because why did Vince show up? Those that ask, well, 
raw last week. And it kind of shows you that, you know, being that we do podcasts and we have opinions, sometimes you want to know, are your thoughts validated? Are others kind of seeing it the same way you are? Or are we just being blowhards that are negative and pissed off? No. Last week's Raw was the worst rated Raw of all time. It's horrible. It's been horrible. Lower than the Doink era. Lower than anything. One of the lowest rated Raws of all time. And so that gets attention. And so the company was like, wow. The fans have turned. Uh, we built a storyline around Roman Reigns. He's not there. A lot of key injuries. A lot, Like we said, Raw did not have anybody in the mid-card highlighted. So we were validated. And those that said it said, look, these, these storylines suck. It's, no, it's uh, storyline angles that nobody's invested in. You're not highlighting the right people. You're putting on shows that are garbage, retread kind of shows. And so Vince McMahon shows up. And what happens? You know, first of all, give him credit. He just shows up. It's hyped for a date. Increase of rating 16%. That's nuts, right? Exactly. It's Especially one guy. when they promised a new kind of attitude, a new way of doing things, and then they put on a Raw that was kind of similar to everything else. Oh, it was like the same Raw. It was the same Raw. I was a little bit more excited because the way it was built, I was excited to see it. But then they start off with a long promo, which could have been delivered the same way, just a little bit shorter. And I liked the way that you had to button up the whole Baron Corbin angle by having Kurt Angle uh, come out and destroy Baron Corbin along with the other baby faces that have struggled and been held down. So you wrap that up. I like that, but not after you know a 15-minute promo, and then during each part of the match with Baron Corbin, a new member comes out, uh, Stephanie and Shane and Triple H come out and are like, they keep adding stipulations, they keep adding stipulations and yeah. things like that. So it's fine. I like the direction of saying, look, we hear you. It's, it's, it's something but that's terrible, thing, right? but we're going to change it. Let's talk about this for a second. They've done this before. Right. It seems like every other year they do this. And yeah. my question is, how much is Vince going to actually be an active part of this? Okay? Right. Because Vince has forever and a day wanted to step away. Vince is trying to get the XFL going. He's trying to get the XFL up and off the ground. That's why he keeps pulling money from WWE and selling off his stock so he can invest it in the XFL. He doesn't want to play the Mr. McMahon character anymore. Right. He wants to go away. And you don't see him playing the Mr. McMahon character anymore. Right. Like What you've seen on Monday was just Vince. This is Vince McMahon. How much more is he going to be involved in this? And how much more is he going to be active? I don't think we need to see the, the authority, the heel right. version of the McMahons. We don't need that. What we need is if we have Stephanie and we have Shane and we have Triple H – and they're kind of seated at the head of all of this, and they're overseeing everything, and they're putting the matches together, and they're the ones who are really involved. Vince is kind of that background figure. Right. Because he doesn't want to be involved anymore. I'm okay with that. But I don't need the McMahons to come out and impose their will as heels. I don't want right. to see that. I like the fact that Vince came out and said, look, we're trying to put together shows that are better, and we are the authority. So the question then leads to, what should Raw do to be better? And here's what they got to do. Like they're going to start to do. They're going to bring on a bunch of new talent. They're going to not poo-poo on the tag team division. They're going to let matches play out maybe a little bit more. And maybe just a little bit of less 50-50 booking and god-awful writing. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that maybe was said that maybe people didn't gravitate towards, but I heard it, was they said too much middle management. We listened to too many cooks in the kitchen, way too many people. And look, 
the McMahons, Triple H, they know what people want. So all you got to do is say, look, we're, we're for in charge. If you don't like it, we're in charge. Watch NXT. Exactly. Watch NXT. So Tell stories in the ring. I don't need 87-minute yes. long promos. Exactly. Shorter promos, better angles. Highlight those that need to be elevated in the mid-card and those that should be elevated like Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler. Put them in good matches. Do it like you used to do in the 80s. Exactly. Seriously. Exactly. And it's not that hard of a formula for the fans that want to watch Raw. And Raw was decent. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it was a little bit more of the same. But you had long promos. You had uh, matches that were interesting. I think that Finn Balor beating Dolph Ziggler was good. I liked seeing uh, Dean Ambrose win versus Tyler Breeze. The Revival getting a win on Raw was good. I want to talk about that for a second. So the Revival wins a fatal four-way. They end up beating AOP, Lucha House Party, and the B team. This felt like it was different. Yeah. It felt like... This felt like time. It, it, yes, it felt like they did hear us, right? It felt like they did hear the crowd clamoring for a legit tag team, right? You when when Lucha House Party was in there, no, 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 it wasn't Lucha House, Lucha House Party rules. It was the Lucha House Party, like it was a tag team match, right? It felt like they're going to take the tag team more serious. Like the divisions yeah. are going to be taken much more serious. It's not going to be a gimmick. Now the B team's a gimmick tag team. Lucha House Party, I consider a gimmick tag team. The Revival is a legit tag team. AOP is a legit tag team. Those two teams should be featured more. Yeah. And I think they will be. They will be and featured it felt more. like the tag team is going to be taken in a much more serious yes. direction. And for, to your point regarding how much change Raw is going to have, I think what they're doing now, you know, in the end of the year is buttoning up the shit, the stories and stuff like that. The Royal Rumble, usually the buildup for that is going to be, you know, partly... In, in part due to build up the Royal Rumble and then kick off WrestleMania season. So we got to wait for the likes of maybe EC3 to show up, who are the new angles going to be. And remember, Raw's got a three-hour show, and what they just got to get away from is filler. Mm-hmm. Everything has to have purpose and, and move a story forward. And sometimes what happens is the the buildup is so bad that you know, you're like, why? I'm not invested. And so I think if Raw can get people back invested in the characters, invested in the storylines – then you got a much better way of moving forward. But, you know, of course, you know, I was into it, thrilled up until 10. And then it just, you know, Ronda Rousey's promo was great. The crowd was definitely pro Becky Lynch. And then they go back and all these women want to have a, a title match with Ronda Rousey. And Shane, and, uh, and uh, Stephanie McMahon backstage is kind of, you know, tasked with, oh, my God, there's all these women that want to get in the ring and mix it up with Ronda. She decides to say the words I kind of don't like is gauntlet match. And I'm like, ah, it's going to be these women wrestling for an hour. So for me, I that's just what did, it was. And I knew right away. And I talked to Andrea. I said, she goes, what's a gauntlet match? I said, oh, it's going to be match after match after match. And I'm like, yeah, women wrestling for an hour. Click. I turned it off until 1050. And then I came back and it was Natty. And I'm like, okay, good. Natty uh, and Sasha Banks. Good. You know, get it back. And they ended it. This it's wasn't fine. bad. This wasn't bad. Okay? Yeah, the I gaunt- didn't watch any of it. The gauntlet match wasn't bad. Okay. Okay. And in. You're right. Okay, it's a gauntlet match. It's win, but uh, this this was honestly it was solid. Okay, yeah, okay, it's good. It was good. You had Bailey. She took out Alicia Fox. Next, Dana Brooke comes in. She's eliminated. That's followed by Mickey James, who comes to the ring and eliminates Bailey. After that, Ember Moon is next and eliminates James. And then Natty comes down, tosses out Moon, and then tosses out Ruby Riot, and then she tosses out Sasha Banks. This sets up. For an old story we talked about possibly happening where Natty's going to yes. take on Ronda. Yes, it plays going to play out. Right. What ended up happening was the Bellas subbed in for Natty, and 
they she, the 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 Bellas were the best friend who turned their back on Ronda, but now we're gonna get Natty versus Ronda on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Overall, I thought Raw it, it was the same exact Raw that we had a couple weeks ago, except we had a women's gauntlet match yeah. as the end. I thought Raw Raw was much better this week. It didn't drag as much. It just right. you wanted to you were kind of interested in what was going to happen next and But it wasn't great. Exactly, because you had the announcers going, you know, after one match, "Oh, we're in a new era." Yes, Which got What's this that. new era? It's like, dude, it's one match, bro. Right. It's like, you know what? Yes, you haven't done anything. You haven't yet. done nothing. You haven't debuted anybody. We haven't seen any interesting angles. You just are closing up shop for the year in terms of wrapping up storylines. Yes. So show me more. Show and, me more. And that's exactly what it was. Now, SmackDown opened up with a a backstage segment where Shane is addressing all of the talent and removes Paige as commissioner. I think that's a big moment. Yeah. I think that's something huge. Everybody applauded, and I thought that was yes. respectful. It was I, cool. I thought it was. What she's going to do after this, I'm not sure yet, but she's going to have a role going on yes. a, a, at some point with, with the talent and doing things in the background. I thought this was good because it was quick. It yes. wasn't like what right you to got business. on Raw. Yes, right to business. And, and this very quickly transitioned into... Becky Lynch coming to the ring, cutting a promo on Ronda Rousey. Solid. Charlotte coming to the ring, cutting a promo on Ronda and Becky. And then Asuka comes out, and she just screams in a microphone. Yeah. Does she not realize that it's a goddamn microphone? You're right, You exactly. don't have to scream into it. Exactly. And it's always unintelligible. But she's over. I, she is over. Her but, nonsense is over. <laughs> but I'm over, I'm over her screaming into a microphone. Yeah. Like, get her somebody else to talk for her, or... Give her words that she can say because I'm over her. Asuka! Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm over right. it. Like I beat you all. Right. It's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it is really – it's frustrating. I watched it. I wanted to – I watched it on my computer. I watched it with my Sling account, and I wanted to punch my computer. And I do everything on this thing. I do everything on my baby. You this must download Doc and Jock. Right. That's, it's what it is. It's Every this, week. It's the same cadence, <laughs> and it, it's just her yelling stuff, and I'm freaking over it. Anyways, this leads to a match that was whatever. But more to your point, it's a lot of new leaf. We're doing new things, and I'm over it. Like, you didn't do anything yet. It's the same shit, right? Like, SmackDown is in a much better spot than Raw is. Do we oh, both yeah. agree? Oh, man, yeah. We both agree. And and I don't need I don't need to have Asuka screaming at me. And, like, you're going to ruin SmackDown. I don't need her screaming at me. Vince uh, McMahon came to the show! Right. He's here! Oh, it's, it's bad. It was cool to see Vince on SmackDown. It was I popped. cool. I was like, oh, it's kind of like the boss showing up to something like like. Uh, I like how he called out, I like how he called out Becky and Becky yeah. just looked at him like bitch what yeah exactly and I like how he called out Charlotte and she was like oh, okay cool yeah like I feel like Charlotte took it whereas whereas right. Becky's more like your your adolescent child who was like you know what mom screw you I like the uh, Naomi match versus Oscar I thought it was a good setup I thought match it was okay it was okay and then uh, I thought the funniest moment was and it kind of goes to show you where the Miz is with the company. Mm -hmm. He has a funny segment with Vince. Yes. And it was kind of like homoerotic, but it was kind of funny. He's yes. like, uh, I'd like to ask for your blessing and <laughs> we should be partners. And, and then Vince, his timing was perfect. He said, partners? And the crowd was laughing. I was laughing. It was funny because they, they played it straight. And, it and was, the Miz was it serious. Was good. It was great. It and was I, good. The Miz is, is... I don't give you my blessing. He's very good. The Miz is very good. We then have Rusev cutting a promo on Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and Jeff Hardy. They start going at it. Mm -hmm. uh, it got a little bit physical. I thought what we had with, with the Usos coming out, they cut a promo, and it's interrupted by the Good Brothers. 
And mind you, we haven't seen the Good Brothers four months. Yes, what? That's an indictment, that's dude. Those guys nuts. are great. They know, they've been in house shows, and they're a staple in the division, and they're friends with AJ Styles, so they'll be around. They're but I do very think very good tag Gallows team. and Anderson are a good tag team, and they got a presence. And yes. so when they come out, you got to feature them. They had a tag team run; they were the title holders, but it didn't last long enough. You can do more with them. You you need to do more with them. I thought they had a very very good match, and this gets yes. a, so the Gauntlet match gets a nod for match of the week. Yeah, uh, that that wrapped up Raw. The Usos and the Good Brothers get a nod for match of the week. This was a very good match up until the bar when their music hit interrupts it and then Sanity comes out through the crowd. Yeah, and just annihilated everybody. I think this is setting up for something that's going to be much better. Yes. But I thought overall the Usos match with the Good Brothers was mm-hmm. very, very good. Right now the tag team division is much more solid on SmackDown. Yes. But as long as you feature it and you tell stories, the tag teams can make you money. Yes. and yeah, They it, can. And they can save some wrestlers too. Tag team wrestling like you saw in the main event can help a guy like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles by featuring younger cats when you mix them up. And I thought that when I, I heard the news that Mustafa Ali was on SmackDown, I'm like, Oh, wow. Kind of a little mini call-up from I 205. Thought it, I thought it was awesome. And it was deserved. It was well-deserved. And then you saw how that match played out, and you said, holy cow, it's 25 minutes of great action with guys that can tell a story. In the main event, you had AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali tag team against Daniel Bryant and Andrade Cien Almas. Yes. And I thought this was, at no point did Mustafa Ali look out of place. Nope. He did not look like the moment was too big or did right. not look like any of these talents overshadowed him. Exactly. He is in a spot where he deserves to be, and it's awesome. And you wonder, too, because uh, partly, you know, you and I are marks. We love wrestling. But part of uh, me would like to also know, uh, you know, on the uh, WWE Network, they used to have shows that kind of were background shows. Mm -hmm. And on Fox, I think they're going to start doing that, where you kind of just want to know, like, did somebody like an AJ Styles go, look, this cat Mustafa Ali's got something. Let's put him in a match. Did Daniel Bryan go, you know, go to Triple H and just go, you know what? Let's feature this guy. Let's feature Almas. And I think they that throughout the last few months, when you saw them in these matches, I think that Almas, Daniel Bryan, Almas, AJ Styles had to have rubbed off on those guys. And yes. they said, look, these guys, don't fuck with them. Get them over. Do what you got to do. And for them, you, get, you, can't, you got to remember, main event of SmackDown means something. So for them to be in a match and for Daniel Bryan to put over uh, Mustafa Ali – You can't discount that, and I just felt like when I saw the way the match played out and for Ali to pin Daniel Bryan, it was the start of what I believe to be a new era, and I liked it. I liked seeing new matchups. It was fresh. It was good, and it was a good interchange by using tag team wrestling to kind of save AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, and it kind of buttoned up the way the last few months have gone on SmackDown because these four have kind of been intertwined uh, a little bit here and there, and I was like, wow. What a nice way to button that up and to put Mustafa Ali on the map. And I said, clap, clap, nice match. Yes. And for me, this is the match of the week. Yes. This is the match of the week. Yes. Because of everything you just said. Cosign, baby. It, it, it was it was awesome to watch. Again, you have young talent getting the rub by working with more established talent. Yep. It, it worked out perfectly. And then it obviously, out perfectly. I overall, think, I think SmackDown told a much better story. No doubt, no we, doubt. We both agree. SmackDown's in a much better place. Already, than Raw they is. started off better, and then now you're going to add new mix to this. It's going to be better yes, all the way through. I, I think SmackDown overall. It, when way we go better. to when we go to the verdict, I think SmackDown was the better show. This no week. doubt, no doubt. All right, so SmackDown is still dominating, thirty-eight yes. and a half to, to twenty-six and a half. Real quick, you want some news and notes? Hit me with this week's pro wrestling news and notes. What up? So we touched on it. Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, EC3, my homie, uh, Heavy Machinery, and Nikki Cross are all being brought up over the course of the next couple weeks. Uh, that was announced on Monday Night Raw. They reannounced that on SmackDown. 
real quick, where do you think these guys should go? I think it should be Lars Sullivan and Heavy Machinery on SmackDown, Lacey Evans and EC3 on Raw. Would, would would provide some matchups that I would like to see. Where's Where's Nikki Cross going? I think don't you, don't with the relationship with Sanity probably SmackDown. I would think so. Yeah, and and I'm I'm cool with with all of that. I think all of that works out really really well. You mentioned it. Mustafa Ali is now a, an official part of the SmackDown roster. Take which the I ball think is and great. run with it, yes. sir. Good luck. Good luck. According to multiple reports, Dave Meltzer backed this up on on Figure Four Wrestling. Vince McMahon was furious at how things unfolded with the Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose match. He was upset that uh, the the the, cr- the crowd was just Boring. totally against it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and just the way the match just was plotting, like we said, it, it didn't have that hype. It, it you totally pissed off killed. Vince. Uh oh, that's not good. So rumor is Kevin Owens may be back by February. Oh, but don't be surprised if he's held out until WrestleMania. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn also announced on mm-hmm. Raw that they're starting to chirp back up on their social media, and that'll be a great addition, too, uh, for Monday Night Raw to have those guys back because they're great uh, heels or however you want to use them in any angles. I think one of the early when angles I heard— When they come back, though, when yeah. they come back, they've got to do something different with Sami Zayn. He yes. can't. I think, I think it works better if you separate those two. Yes. Because yes. when they're together, it's too much of them too versus much. each other or too much of them always riding each other's Early Separate them. Early rumors Kevin Owens should feud with EC3. And I think back and forth, Mike Action could be a good kickoff, oh, and could they could great. have some good matches. Yes. So wait, EC3 is now a face then? The, or is uh, Kevin we'll Owens a face? That's the thing. Is Interesting. How, yes. Ponder that for next week, folks. Thank you guys for downloading so much. We appreciate it. Like I said, message Adam on Twitter at AdamRSTROZ. Follow the network at Detroit Podcast. Doc and Jock Wrestling can now also, we've been picked up. We're on the Wrestling Perspective Network as well. Uh, Dennis was like, look, we, we, you know, uh, we, you have our show. Let's give, give us your show. And so like, yeah, let's just trade shows. So definitely check out the Wrestling Perspective Network on Blog Talk and the website, WrestlingPerspectivePodcast.com. And uh, also check out Dennis's show on our platform each and every week around the time of Thursday. Sometimes it's different depending on a busy wrestler schedule and Petey Williams. And also support the Breaking Down the Ring podcast at BDRcast every single Wednesday, Podcast Detroit platform, and they're doing stuff live via Periscope. You can watch and check out Mikey and the crew, the most inappropriate wrestling podcast. Definitely support those guys. They do great work. Every Wednesday around 9.15, they go two hours, very in-depth coverage, and they're very smart in their predictions too. Uh, Mikey, I think, had the whole Asuka situation play out perfectly in the main event of TLC. Great stuff, Mikey and the crew. Great stuff, Dennis. Thank you so much. We'll see everybody next week. You just listened to the Doc and Jock Wrestling Podcast. You this must download Doc and Jock. Right. That's it's what it is. It's every this, week. It-